prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to The Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK, and barely containing his excitement is my buddy Chops. Craig, if you poked me with a pin, I'd pop. Today, we are talking about one of Chops' favorite games of all time. Probably, oh, I would probably say the favorite game of all time for me, above all other games out there. We are talking about RoboPit for the PlayStation 1. Released in roughly, which I'll get to later, July of 1996 by Altron uh, for the PlayStation. This mecha arena brawler features robot customization and fighting uh, uh, and fighting your way to the top of the ranks to make the greatest robot. Yes, this game um, released on the PlayStation is very reminiscent of. So wait, wait, when did the PS1 come out? Uh, 94, I believe. So early enough in, in the PlayStation lifecycle where like most games were polygons, like they were your simple shapes of things put together and they don't age well. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. But that was the majority of the games were these mostly polygon shaped figures. Yep. Um, and so this game is a robot battle arena where you get to make your own robot one already a check on my list of amazing things that i love uh-huh you get to fight other robots that's the second check mark and you get to put shame on the robot you beat by stealing its limbs another check it meets all three of your uh list of standards yes exactly yeah so RoboPit, uh, let's give a little bit of history here. So, RoboPit was originally a game we covered on Retro Relapse. Yeah, it's it's been a game that I, like a drug dealer, push on everybody to play because I love it so much, but also because of its playability. It's very easy to play. Um, and, and it, at the time, was not worthy of a full episode because... All of you just looked at me crazily, like, why are you still talking about this stupid game? Um, but we've reached a point where it deserves its own episode. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I, I have played this game quite a bit at, uh, at this point now. Uh, you know, for Retro Relapse, I just played maybe, yeah, you know, 10 minutes of it or something, you know. And it was, it was kind of fun, but uh, it didn't catch my attention that much. But with, with your ever-loving praise of this game, I, I ended up giving it more time, which uh, we'll, we'll get into as we go through the episode here, as we tell stories. Uh, and yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It is a very fun game. Uh, in fact, it's funny that you mentioned that you're like a drug dealer pushing it on people. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite memories involving this game is us at the Detroit Science Center. Yeah. And uh, every time I would turn around after talking with someone, you would be like, hey, uh, you know, there's this game on PlayStation called RoboPit. And it became the ongoing gag of that evening that I would yell from across the this, like, convention area. I'd be like, Chops, what did I tell you about pushing RoboPit on people? You knocked that off. And, uh, yeah, it was just really fun and, and very funny watching him push these strangers who are like, I don't really play video games that much. And you being like, well, if you're not going to play that many games, you better play the best of the best. <laughs> I never said it like that, but I had no shame forcing somebody to play not a main title PlayStation game. Yeah. So, so this is a pretty obscure game. There's not a lot of info on it out there. Yeah. Uh, Ultron themselves as a company are weird. Uh, do you know what they're most known for? Robo Pit? <laughs> Disney licensed games on like Game Boy Advance and DS. Oh really? I yeah. didn't know that. They they're a studio that works on like 
licensed title games. In Japan, they did like anime games, uh, but over in America, it was uh, mostly like Disney licensed tie-ins. Are they still around? I don't think so anymore. Uh, actually, you know what? I can't say that for certain. I, uh, I, uh, because of the fact that I, uh, I, uh, you know, those Nickelodeon and Disney game license uh, tie-ins are are still kind of going. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I. Uh, 3DS is the last games they put out, but 3DS isn't that old, so maybe they're still going. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Is there... Uh, I don't see anything about the company closing down, so I guess they're still going. Okay. I mean, good on them. Uh, I, I can't speak for their Disney and Nickelodeon licensed tie-in games. Right. Uh, but RoboPit's pretty fun. It's, it's great. So the basic premise of the game is... You have a you have your main mode, which is just your. It's almost like a ladder mode. You get to build a robot. You get to choose specific parts, and we'll get into more specifics of what you could choose. But you essentially build your robot, and you battle for first place mm -hmm. uh, in this ladder of a hundred robots. And as you battle more robots, when you win, you're able to steal one of the parts off of uh, one of the arms off of the other robot that you beat and vice versa. If you lose, they're able to steal one of yours. And there's a list of specific weapons or arms that you can choose that denote uh, what, what things you can do in battle. And um, as you progress through and get higher, higher in the ranks, you get more powerful weapons. You face harder to beat robots. Um, and eventually you can climb to the number one spot. Yeah, uh, and on top of that, when you first make your robot, you have uh, uh, you have to choose a body and a like leg type. Yes, and so like the body has different stats for how it affects your like super moves. Yeah, uh, the the and the and your movement speed too. So like, um, you you have like weird uh so so like your standard your standard legs are like legs. Uh huh, and then like treads or wheels like okay that's typical robot stuff spring yeah but if you want to go weird you can get the one foot spring <laughs> the propeller bottom the spider like bottom um and then they even have like an actual car <laughs> which is like the weirdest one it's, it's just like a robot sticking out of the sunroof of a car it's so ridiculous i uh... <laughs> But yeah, I, I, you know, you the different legs have different stats for movement or jump, you know. So, so you know, will you be jumping around a lot? Do you prefer not to? You know, that's what you choose when you're, you know, deciding when you make your guy. I uh, and Chubbs, I do have a list of every arm in the game. Do you want me to run through it real quick? Oh uh, yeah. So for our listeners, because Chubbs has memorized this. Yeah. Uh, we have. Uh, oh boy. Punch, one, two, and three. Bowling, cutter, claw, rocket, sword, axe, scythe, lance, spear, javelin, missile, laser, cannon, teke teke, sucker, hand, lip, shield, one through four, hammer, and mace. And if you're wondering what the heck are lips, tiki tiki, as I like to call it, and sucker, you're not wrong. <laughs> They're weird. Yeah. Uh, sucker is basically it's like a suction cup that goes out and pull does damage and pulls the enemy towards you. Mm -hmm. Tiki Tiki is a face. <laughs> it's just like a weird like think of like a smiley face, but then just straight in the mouth. And it, it's like he's almost like smiling teeth wise and it shoots out like a projectile. And then lip are just big red lips that go out and suction guys in as well. It's just really creepy. Yeah, it's weird. It's it real is weird. weird. And and like the shields as you go up uh, in levels have a different attack damage that they do based on how they look. Mm -hmm. And each weapon has like a speed, a power to it, how much defense it has. Um, and the more you use it, the more you actually level it up. Um, for using certain weapons, you're actually able to make them more powerful than what they were when you first got them. Yep. Uh, which, when you first get like 
javelin or spear it's an extremely slow swinging weapon but then once you level it up it swings pretty fast yeah it's interesting that there it is that involved with like the combat it's not just like slap on powerful stuff boom you're good you do have to put some experience into the game and level this stuff up because otherwise you know if you get like laser and you're like oh okay i'm just gonna hide in the corner and shoot well it's not gonna work that great until it levels up or whatever Right, and, and you have a limited amount of ammo for your projectiles. Yeah, no, absolutely. You can't even, like, you know, it, it, it's tempting to just be like, ah, oh, I'm going to shoot stuff from the other side of the map and just, that's it. But you'll run out of ammo, and then you have nothing. <laughs> yep. And um, you can also guard with your weapons, too. So when an incoming attack happens from the enemy, you can throw up. Your, your, basically, your hands just move up in front of your face, and you block the attack. Yeah. Uh, now, what I thought was interesting is some of the other robot opponent names. Oh, they're great, aren't they? Uh, so I chose uh, a few select ones that I thought were really weird. Uh, you want to hear them? Is one of them Christine? No, but that's also weird. <laughs> I know, right? Not that the we- the name Christine is weird. For all our Christines out there, I don't think you're weird. I just think that if you were a robot, that would be weird. Yep. So we have Yo Jimbo. Yep. A play on Yo Jimbo, uh, the the you know bodyguard in Japan. Uh, taxiderm. A play on taxidermy, stuffing yep. of animals. Put him up. Uh huh. Pog boy. <laughs> Ninja Bob. Yep. Kamikaze. Uh-huh. And who I presume is your favorite, Chop Chop. Uh, Chop Chop is a is a huge favorite of mine. Um, I'm also a fan of Da Judge. Da Judge. <laughs> da Judge. Oh, boy. And then um, there's other weird ones like Panzer, um, Pepto. Well, you know the the word Panzer, the gag it's there. A right? yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but it's just like there's some really... I don't know who decided these names, but I love them. I presume yeah. it's halfway localization and halfway the originals. Probably, because Gallagher's in there, and I'm thinking, like, Gallagher, the the comedian? I was going to say, does he throw a watermelon out and smash it with a hammer? Uh, if only. Uh, uh, so, uh, Chops, uh, what are some of your favorite weapon combinations? So it depends. As you as you start out, you only start out with a punch and a shield. Um, and you can use, so you choose your left uh, uh, weapon and your right weapon, and you can do the same on both if you want. But if you, if you do the same on both and they take that arm, you lose both. Like, yeah. you're out. Um, so in the beginning when you're playing out, I really like punch because you can use... Um, things in the levels to pick up and throw, mm-hmm. um, which I really appreciate. But primarily, I really enjoy shield because it provides a lot of defense and it also does a ton of knockback. So you're able to like bounce the enemy off the stage if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like shield, and I'd probably also say um, I'm a big fan of either the spear or the javelin. Those um, are pretty something good. with a little bit more range, but I'm able to like swipe and deal a little bit of damage too. I will say, I, I early in the game especially, I use spear a lot because you could just hit them quick and, and with a little bit of distance. And so I would just try to run to the side or around the enemy and just slap them a bunch. It wouldn't do a ton of damage, but it would do enough when you hit them that many times. Yeah, exactly. And it's just about a about patience. It's just about. Mm-hmm making sure you can deal enough damage because there's a time limit. So if you're both standing, whoever has taken more loses. Mm -hmm. And then you can ring out your opponent or you can just straight up destroy him. I always tried to straight up destroy him unless it was an enemy I was having a hard time with and then I tried to be cheap and just knock him off the stage. Yes, that's what I would do. Uh, I will say I, I, I didn't play enough to be able to get it to where I wanted to be. But after I got Scythe, I was like, I want a robot with a Scythe. That's (laughs) sweet. And it just didn't level him up high enough before I had stopped playing, uh, which is a shame. Because that was was pretty fun. Uh, But I I will say, one of the issues I do have with the game, if I'm looking at it, you know, a little more objectively, is 
it's not a super difficult game, but there are weird difficulty spikes. Yeah, as you go higher in the rankings, um, there's there's specialty weapons that you can get off of certain characters, and those characters are usually faster, smarter AI, and cheaper. Um, But then also, there's just randomly, as you get higher, just very difficult robots to fight against because of their weapon combo or just because of how good the AI is. Sometimes it just feels like it's cheating. Yeah, it, it, there was, like, one of those, like, mini-boss guys, you know, one of the specialty robots that I think it was, like, the boomerang guy? Yes. Oh, my God, that was so frustrating to fight. Uh, and it's nice to get that part and be like, oh, yeah, I've got you now. But it didn't, like, when I turned around and used it, I was like, it's not quite as good as when he was using it. Right, because they use it at, like, the maxed-out level. So, yeah. like, like it, it it's never as good right away when you use it. But it, it's, it is frustrating because... You lose a part, like so. If you're if you've been really good with a weapon this whole time, and then you lose one match, and they steal your weapon you're good with, you get pissed because then you have to go find a robot with that weapon so you can beat them and steal it back. Yeah, it, it is. It's it, it's a big risk reward because like some of the battles I was playing, I was using spear on both arm because it had a, I had it at a high level. It did you know moderate like lower to moderate damage but i could hit the enemy a lot and with both of them i would just like chain combo spear the guy to death but once you lose you lose that part and it's like oh now i'm sol yes yes it's Uh, uh it's definitely a game that you kind of want to get good with a few different ones just so that you have backups mm -hmm. but i mean that's also part of the fun is is trying the different weapons because some of them are pretty unique some of them are weird and um, some of them are better at just dealing damage or pushing the enemy out of the stage. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, uh, it's a really interesting game in that, you know, almost like uh, Soul Calibur, where you can defeat the enemy or knock them off the platform, like, because it's, you know, it's only so large of a, a battle area. Uh, it's a big square arena, essentially. And... Uh, there's a fair amount to it though like is there's different levels you can jump up to there's like buildings and stuff you can like you know different levels uh you know like you said you can throw if you have the right item like the punch or whatever you can pick up rocks and throw them uh you know there there's a surprising amount of depth to such a game that you know you would think is simple you know make cutesy robots fight each other yeah it it doesn't at face value look like a whole heck of a lot mm-hmm. there's not a lot going on there but as you play it you find the unique complexities in there that make it a little bit more enjoyable um in the variety and how you play it because even with the different combination of like the movement parts you know you could have two enemies that have the same exact weapons but because one has a car bottom and the other one has a spring bottom they're completely different fights yeah because one is circling you while one is jumping in front of you and so it it makes it interesting on on every battle um and difficult um as you progress through the 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 ladder for placement of first and then when you get to first you and you beat the game because you became number one you unlock the final battle do you know about this no i i i never got to first place or anything so i'm not as familiar what's the the final battle you play against a boss called zeo gigas oh and um I can't remember exactly what weapons he has. Let me look him up real quick. Um, because, like, and it's like a special arena as well mm-hmm. um, that he walks out of. It's like this, it's like, <laughs> there's almost like a containment tube in the middle of the arena that he starts in, and it's, like, shadowed, and then he comes out, and there he is. Zeo um, Gygus is a pretty amazing name. He's got a really unique headpiece. He's got a cannon and I think a laser on his other arm. And um, he's just really creepy looking, but he's like the ultimate boss in the game. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's uh, you should look him up. He's pretty crazy looking. I will absolutely do that. I it, There's nothing I love more than giant robots. Right, exactly. 
Um, and so, and that's, but that's essentially it. Like that's the gameplay. There's not a whole heck of a lot else to it. One cool thing is that you can actually save your robot that you make on a memory card and take it to your friend's house and play with that robot on your friend's PlayStation, which I thought was pretty sweet. Yeah, I uh, uh, one of the first times uh, you and I had played this a little like together a little bit more in depth. Uh, we had uh, gone up north for a retreat, and uh, well, let's, let's 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 say what it is. This game is part of my wedding history. It was my bachelor party. Yeah, Chops's bachelor party. Uh, he uh, uh, we decided to do like a weekend uh, uh, you know thing. So so his brother LPJ uh, had us all go up to this cabin. And not, unfortunately, not everyone, you know, could make it. Uh, but uh, uh, at the very least, the most important thing was that Chops and I were there. Right, exactly. And we ended up playing a lot of Robo Pit. Yeah, I made everybody that I could try uh, to play this game with me. And then when nobody wanted to play it, I just continued to play it by myself. I will say it was fun watching you because uh, I, I had been off to the side just sort of watching uh, at that point. I don't remember if it was just I was getting tired of getting beat by you or uh, if it was just we wanted, oh, I know what it was. We wanted to unlock more parts and stuff, and so you were going to go through the game. And, yeah, it was just watching you dominate through all these enemies, and it was fun. It was great. Uh, But it's interesting that that's, yeah, part of your wedding history is RoboPet. It's it's something I hope to show my children and force them to play when they're young as – I, I don't want to say as punishment, but we all know it will be. <laughs> that if they if they act up, I'm going to take away their video games, and the only one they can play is Robo Pit. And until they get to level their number one and beat Zeo Gigas, they ain't getting their toys back. Now that's rough. <laughs> that is rough. I uh, yeah, Robo Pit is is a, a lot of fun. I. Uh, I can't imagine it's too expensive. So um, I have uh, I have the game for PlayStation. I have RoboPit 2 for PlayStation. Uh-huh. But my RoboPit 1, the, the jewel case is cracked, and it's also missing the manual for it. It's missing the front piece to it. So I'm, I'm curious to see what, like, the loose disc would be. I'm sure it's, like, $3, if that. Um, uh... It looks like it's going for around twenty bucks. The loose disc? Uh, I mean the the uh, I guess with a case is twenty dollars. Let me see with a loose disc. Uh, there's a lot of PS One games that are ten dollars to twenty six dollars. And so it also came out on Saturn as well. Hmm. It was just virtually the same exact game, but just yeah, different. yeah. I the the version I'm looking up is the PlayStation one, and yeah, it's anywhere from like ten to twenty bucks. Nice. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting a complete version with the manual and everything. Um, but it's it's a obscure game. I don't expect many people to have heard of it or played it. It, it is more on the obscure side. I had never heard of it until you started talking about it. Uh, you know, uh, years ago when. Uh, we did that retro relapse. Uh, but uh, Chops, uh, is there any like uh, speed run stuff on a game like Robo Pit? There are. So there's an any percent for PlayStation category that has one record in it from two years ago. Wow. Okay. And it's a guy by the name of David TKI, and he beat the game in 25 minutes and 32 seconds. And what the rules are is you have to defeat Zeo Gigas. So um, you go through the game, get first place, you basically become the champ, you back out, and then you choose to fight Zeo Gigas. And um, he, he used the hammer primarily to either deal a ton of damage or knock the opponent out of the ring. Um, but I, I, I've over... Over a little bit now, have been toying around with the idea of speedrunning this game. Uh-huh. Also making it a 100% category where you have to get all the weapons as well as beat Zeo Gigas. Because half the fun to me is filling up that inventory list of all the weapons that you... Basically, I think of them as trophies uh-huh. that you basically stole from the remnants of the robot you destroyed to get to the champion level of first place. So I wouldn't mind um, I wouldn't mind practicing this game and trying to get better at it and and 
maybe getting a record in it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. You heard it here first, folks. Chops is going to get a world record in RoboPit. <laughs> I, I said I'd try. I don't know if I will. Chops swears on the blood of his family that he'll get first place. Oh, man. Now, now the pressure's off. <laughs> if Chops doesn't get a world record in RoboPit, Craig is going to kidnap his dog. No. Oh, leave her alone. Yes. Um, you have 24 hours. Oh Please don't. Um, I, I will say yeah. that the, 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 one of the main reasons why I love this game is because, primarily because I played it so much, but because when, um, so this came out in 96. I would have been nine years old at the time. I'm pretty sure I played this when it first came out. Because my brother worked at a video store and he could rent whatever game he wanted to for free. And I would go to my grandmother's house when she would watch me and I'd bring my PlayStation and I'd plug it in. I think you could still at the time, I think you can plug the PlayStation via RF, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'd plug it into her old TV that she had in her bedroom that was had bunny ears on it. Um, and she would watch like the tigers in the living room and i would just sit in her bedroom on the floor playing RoboPit for hours just entertaining myself or wherever my parents went i don't know where they went um and i would just play for hours and hours and hours just this game by myself i'd beat it start a whole new character and play it again and and i don't know i've never there's not another game that i can think of that i would do that with mm -hmm. that where i would feel satisfaction beating it and then start completely over immediately. And, and I don't know if that's a weird, like sadistic thing. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have any other game that I feel that way for this. And it's, it's, that's why I like this game so much is because it is so different of an experience for me than any other game that I've, that I have an attachment to. For me, uh, I, I think every kid, I'd like to think, oh, that or you and I are the weird ones. Uh, I, I'd like to think all kids have, have some games like that, though. Because for me, that was like Mario World on Super Nintendo, where I would mm -hmm. beat it and then be like, okay, time to go through again and just play through the game again. Uh, but I, I mean, I hope we're normal. We're not, but oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's not likely. I... Uh, but uh, Chops, I, uh, uh, is there anything else you wanted to chat about uh, with this game before I have us dive into the music? Yes, the music is weird, but there is a weirder thing in this game with the voiceover, if you want to call it. Um, it's obviously a Japanese game because when you win, there's a red and a like a like a silver or whatever text of you win that's flying in from either side and then when it crosses and meets in the middle you hear a very japanese accent saying you ween <laughs> i love it easily it, the best part of the game it is and it and that accompanied with some of the background music that we're going to get to just creates this weird element and feeling that you get from playing the game. It is. It's almost RoboPit has a very interesting way. When we get to the music, we'll see of sort of taking a slice of of like that era's technology and like yeah. stuff, and then just sort of like working it into the sound design. It's very interesting. Right. Uh, but I tell you what, chops. Let's go ahead, take a brief pause as we hear a word from one of our partners, and we'll get into the music from there. Imagine being stuck in a room for days, far from your friends and family while feeling sick and scared. Now, imagine being in that same room but having access to online gaming, virtual reality, 3D printing, Lego robotics, and the ability to create your own Twitch channel. At CS Mott Children's Hospital, we use video game technology to improve our patients' lives and help them reach their therapeutic goals. But we can't do it without your help. Every device and interaction provided to our patients is paid for by the thoughtful donations of gamers like you. If you want to help, then go to tiltify.com slash mottchildren. That's T-I-L-T-I-F-Y dot com slash M-O-T-T children. 
There, you can make a one-time donation or, if you're a content creator, learn how to stream for mod. So if you want to help other gamers like you, please visit tiltify.com slash modchildren and play for the little victors. So Chops, I found some pretty fun stuff here uh, with the composer of RoboPit. The composer is Minako Adachi. Okay. And Minako Adachi here has done a few things that I know you have heard of. Okay. Uh, In fact, uh, there's a game very recently that you played that she's done the music for. Really? Really. So. Is it it Dragon Quest XI? No, no. Dragon Quest XI is uh, 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 Koichi Sugiyama. Okay. Uh, Minako Adachi has worked on Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons and Ages. Oh, okay. And here's where we get into uh, what's more recent for you. Pokemon Black and White. Okay. Pokemon X and Y. Uh Uh-huh. Pokemon Sun and Moon. Oh, I think I know where this is going. Pokemon Sword and Shield. Wow. She's also worked on the Pokemon anime as well as the Pokemon movies. Some of them. Okay. I, and I feel like you can really tell in Robo Pit's music that it will evolve eventually into like the Pokemon stuff. Really? There's a few themes that I feel are kind of reminiscent of the newest Pokemon game. Maybe not the, some of the other ones I listed. Okay. But at least Sword and Shield. Uh, so first off, let's go ahead and listen to the main menu theme. Uh, this will be pretty interesting for people, I think. Uh, let's give it a listen. say in the first you know maybe 40 seconds you don't feel like it's going anywhere you're like oh okay that's all right i guess and then that saxophone kicks in oh it's sexy saxophone love it uh it's definitely a boring song in the beginning oh yeah it's it doesn't start very interesting but it definitely evolves into something that's a lot more uh so next up we have, uh, this is one that Chops and I both chose. Uh, this is the robot making theme. Uh, and this is where I, I feel like the, the weirdness is going to come in that Chops and I mentioned earlier uh, that feels almost like a slice of, of technology and its era. Yes. So let's go ahead and give it a listen.
but i love it 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 for like the, the like and again the, the the first 40 seconds it's really weird and then for the next 20 seconds oh it's a decent song then immediately back to the weirdness we're sorry the number you're trying to call is no longer in service please hang <laughs> up and try again later that is and that's like an epitome of the dial-up era you know oh, like yeah. When you're trying to call somebody and they're sorry, please try again later. You're or you're not able to complete this call at this time, and it's it's a weird choice. I like it would never have crossed my mind to put a sound bite like that in a song. Yeah, no, not at all. But it really works. It lets you feel like this is mechanical, and but like there's somewhat something somewhat still human to it. You know, I, I feel like it was a really cool choice to uh, throw that into their uh, uh, theme. Well, and, and the fact that it's like echoey and distant mm-hmm. and the menu you're in is the robot making, it almost makes it feel like a garage. Yeah. You know, like that, like there's people over the loud, the, the speaker system talking or requesting orders or something like and, I, and that's the kind of feeling that I get from them, that that soundtrack uh, when I'm playing the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, next up, we have uh, uh, one of the battle themes, Arena Theme 2. There's quite a lot of Arena themes, and I think they're all really good. Uh, this is one that caught me, uh, and I really wanted to, to have you guys listen to. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. That theme in particular, like when the piano kicks in, is when it makes me think of like a Pokemon battle theme. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I that, could see that for sure. That's when I think, oh, yeah, no, you can see why she went on to do Pokemon. It has that feeling to it, like a Pokemon battle theme. And I I, I wouldn't say that all of the, the songs in this game necessarily scream Pokemon. Uh, but at the very least, that one I do, uh, I think it does. Uh, I agree with that. And then finally, fittingly, uh, we have uh, the final battle theme. So this is the song they use when you fight Zeo Gygus. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. So this is the final battle theme. Let's go ahead and give this one a quick listen.
Wow. Yeah, that's uh, really weird. Isn't it? I and like it. it. Yeah. And, and so uh, when it when it picks back up and when it picks up in there, that's I could totally hear Pokemon. Totally hear it now. Yeah. Right. I uh, yeah the the uh, composer uh, uh, Minako Adachi. Uh, I, I feel like you can really see those, uh, uh, the sort of the makings of the Pokemon music there. And I gotta say, uh, the the Pokemon series in general, you know, every, it has its ups and downs, its, you know, merits and its flaws. Uh, but I feel like the music is generally still holding up and has been really good throughout the generations. And I feel like the, the newest one, Sword and Shield, uh, was real good so shout out to her because uh uh yeah that soundtrack's awesome uh but man the the sort of the makings of that in robo pit is really fun to listen to it is it is it's uh it's weird i didn't i didn't know that so now it makes me appreciate robo pit even more uh so chops i uh, uh what are your final thoughts on robo pit even nostalgia aside and unbiased love for this game i think people should give it a shot it's a unique playstation game there's not another one on this playstation that's like it and there is only two of these and the second game is vastly different than this one um so if you're looking for something unique and different to play that that really does stand alone on its own play robo pit give it a shot even if you don't like it it's at least something unique that you can say that you you've have in your catalog of games you played yeah absolutely i uh, i you know i'm i'm not always going to to love the games my friends love but i do at least have appreciation for them uh and so when you were you know kind of expounding on your love of robo pit and we played it uh, you know, for Retro Relapse, it was fine, just a little bit. It was okay. Uh, but I appreciate this game so much more after, you know, playing it a bunch more, giving it time, doing research on it, uh, you know, getting more in-depth with it. Uh, it I, I wanted to show it the proper respect because I know you love it so much. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, uh, for our listeners who are collectors of PlayStation games or love mecha games, uh, you know, absolutely check this one out. I, I appreciate your respect for RoboPit. And uh, I'm glad to see that it has left an impact on you. Not exactly like me. <laughs> But it's left an impact. Yeah, the I mean the thing is, is it's not ever going to be in like my top ten list of favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will never say that I don't think that this game is worth looking into and appreciating. Uh, you know, absolutely check it out for our listeners out there. Uh, you know, if you're looking for for actual physical, uh, uh, you know, discs of games and stuff and cartridges and whatever. Uh, then yeah, jump on eBay and uh, like I said, it's like ten to twenty bucks roughly. It's not that bad. I will say the last thing I want to mention is I found a review of this game mm-hmm. released November nineteen ninety six, the twenty fifth, on IGN's website, and it is titled "Robo Pit is Good, Clean, Polygon Bashing Fun," <laughs> and I think that best describes Robo Pit. Yeah, I uh, I would agree with that. Uh, I I think that uh, uh, truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> but I tell you what, chops, let's go ahead and dive in to a new segment. New. A new segment that we have here on Legend of Retro. This is our retro rewind. Ready to go back in time? It's retro rewind. Grand Theft Auto 3. Now get into CDI, starting at $2.99. Say it. Sega, Sega! The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, you're playing with power. All right, Chop. So, we had been talking about how we can uh, sort of 
breathe a little life, a little vitality into uh, Legend of Retro. And one of the ways is we thought of, instead of Retro Relapse, uh, maybe not in every episode, but at least sometimes, mixing it in with different segments. And for that, we have Retro Rewind, which is where we're going to go back into the, the, the past, into the world when this game came out, and talk about other video games, music, movies, news that was going on, things like that. And for this one, it's actually kind of tricky because this game might not have actually come out in July of 96. Right. So uh, there's no set release date for this game. However, I was able to find the earliest review in a magazine that was not a magazine that also did imports was July of 1996. And so that's what we sort of figured is when the game roughly came out. Gotcha. Uh, so, Chops, what's some of the stuff that you found uh, for the year, uh, well, roughly July of 1996? So, yeah, I, I wasn't able to find exact stuff in July, but I will say mm -hmm. that in the year of 1996, Tickle Me Emo was introduced. Oh, that was big. The craziest toy out there. Yours and Xander's almost sick love for this internet phenomenon, Homestar Runner made its debut <laughs> in 1996. That's amazing. I didn't realize it was that early. Yeah. 1996. I was watching it in like the early 2000s. It, it, it hit popularity in 2000s. But yeah, 1996 is when it came out. Wow. And... Um, some of the games that were released in 96 can you guess at some of the games that were released uh well let's see we had uh 1996 would have been nintendo 64 came out right yeah so we had mario 64 and pilot wing 64 yeah uh, shadows of the empire would have come out that december uh let's see december yep uh eight Oh, Mega Man 8 came out in 96? Yep. What else we got? Terranigma. Oh, that's such a good game. Um, Crash Bandicoot. Wow. Resident Evil. Oh, man. Tomb Raider. And then one uh, that is near and dear to both of our hearts, November 20th. What do you think came out in November 20th? November 20th of 1996. Uh, oh, man. It's a game we've uh, covered. Uh, probably an RPG. Nope. Really? What? What is it? Sonic 3D Blast. <laughs> oh, man. Sonic 3D Blast came out. Yes. Can you believe that came out the same year Mario 64 did? Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, I don't really know what Sega was thinking. Uh, the music for Sonic 3D Blast is amazing. But yeah. the game isn't that great. <laughs> oh, no, it was not. Um, I mean, you also had Super Mario RPG came out that year. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then the last thing I want to bring up is a game that I've, I've been meaning to revisit mm -hmm. um, because I played it as a kid but never beat it. The first traditional jrpg for the playstation beyond the beyond beyond the beyond it's so bad it is <laughs> i love it but it's so bad it is i i have uh been meaning to play through that as well uh it, it's not great but no, i did not. love it yes so chops in national news uh around july of 1996 i we had uh, uh, a big court battle that had been going on for quite a while uh, had finally been decided. The, the jury came back and the Menendez brothers were guilty. Are you familiar with them? Um, vaguely. So the Menendez brothers is a really weird uh, uh, and kind of heavy case. So the Menendez brothers' parents were killed uh, in, uh, I believe, 1989. Uh, in, uh, yeah, August 20th, 1989, uh, uh, Jose and Kitty Menendez, uh, were shot in their homes and murdered. 
Oh, wow. Uh, and the uh, uh, essentially what happened uh, was the brothers, uh, who were Joseph and Eric Menendez, uh, they had been at the movies. They went to see Batman. Uh, and then they uh, went to some like kind of food festival and got back home and their parents had been murdered. Well, at the time, you know, the, uh, the, his parents had, uh, were pretty wealthy. They were pretty well to do and potentially had ties to the mafia. Uh, and the way they were killed was in such a way that they thought maybe the mafia was involved. Their like knees were shot and that's kind of a mafia thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but the FBI couldn't find any references or anything. Like they couldn't find any leads that way. But what they did notice was that very shortly after the parents were killed, the brothers were spending money like crazy. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Uh, in, within the, uh, like the, I think it was like about a year before they uh, were, uh, 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 let's see. In the time period between the murders uh, and being, you know, uh, detained, they had spent roughly seven hundred thousand dollars. Wow! They bought uh, uh, a Porsche Serrera. Uh, they uh, had bought a Buffalo Wing restaurant. Uh, one of them hired a full-time tennis coach. Uh, he competed in tournaments. Uh, uh, it was ridiculous, and the FBI started to realize, "Oh, that's weird, right?" Like, that they're just blowing through that much money. Yeah. And being that, like, you know, wealthy and they didn't care. Uh, when they uh, uh, detained them uh, separately, they ended up getting out of them that uh, they murdered the parents, but claimed that it was because of years of abuse. Said that it was they had been abused. And so this was kind of a really big court case. I... Uh, not as big as the O.J. Simpson trial, but uh, uh, the courts had a bit of a tough time. They were actually tried separately. The jury's deadlocked. They charged them together, and the jury then at that point had voted guilty, and to this day, they're still in jail. Wow. There's really creepy, awkward photos of, like, shortly after their parents being killed, like them at, like, basketball games. And it's okay. pictures of them in, like, the crowd and stuff. They're on, like, the front row, and they're partying it up. And, yeah, it was a really crazy thing uh, that was going on at that time. Crazy. Yeah. Super heavy stuff. Uh, by the way, uh, was there any other uh, big game releases in July of 1996? Uh, I'd say the biggest one was Nights into Dreams. Oh, that's kind of a, a cool release to come out around the time Robo Pit. Um, Star Ocean. Oh, the, uh... SNES. The SNES one. Wow, that just had a remake, uh, for, uh, newer consoles more recently. Like, the Switch version came out. Yep. And then, um, Bomberman for the Sega Saturn. I never played the Sega, Sa Sega Saturn Bomberman. Yeah, neither have I. I've, I've always been so intrigued by Sega Saturn. It's, it's a weird system. But I, yeah, I, I, there's not a ton of games for it. No, there's really not. It's sadly it super expensive. Yeah, that's until they get some kind of Sega Saturn Mini. I probably won't really be playing it that much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was our uh, retro rewind where we talk about uh, uh, what was going on in the uh, uh, the past around the time this game came out. Uh, for our listeners, uh, make sure let us know on uh, uh, Discord. Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, however you want to reach out to us, email, uh, you know, reach out, let us know if you like this segment. Uh, we'll probably do it a, a few more times in, you know, the the, the coming weeks and stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully you guys enjoy it. But, uh, Chops, let's, uh, uh, what do you say we talk about our music bracket? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so uh, we have... Uh, uh, two Super Nintendo uh, games that were actually released at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah, these were both launch titles for the Super Nintendo. Wow. Uh, first up, we have, 
from F-Zero, composed by Yumiko Kanki and uh, Naoto Ishida. Uh, F-Zero is uh, a single-player racing game. It kind of doesn't hold up because of that, but the music is amazing. Let's give Port Town a listen. town it uh it starts almost like with a sense of dread and it sort of like you know cuts through that dread with something that's a little bit more like hopeful almost Does yeah that sound weird yeah I, i'd agree with that it, it's it's very minimal in the beginning yeah absolutely i uh, i rather enjoy that song uh and it is going up against a classic it is battling against Koji Kondo's overworld theme from Super Mario World. I almost feel like this song won't lose. I, it's it's a great song. It, it's it's but I mean the thing is is like Port Town's an amazing song too. It's I I wouldn't say that it's a shoe in, but like there's there's not only nostalgia going for this song, but it is just a very good composition. Yes, fun and upbeat. Let's go ahead and listen to the overworld theme from Super Mario World. Thank you. 
like there's just so much going on with that song. It's so fun. It's upbeat. It's peppy. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a ton of fun. It's interesting, too, because I feel like, uh, you know, the easiest thing for Koji Kondo to have done was just to take the original Mario 1 theme and just be like, ah, yeah, it's a Super Nintendo remix of that. Like, that would have been the easiest thing to do, hang up his hat for the day he's done. Uh, yep. But it's interesting that Super Mario 1 to 3 to World, uh, at least those titles, uh, you know, not counting Mario 2, and the fact that it's basically just an expansion of Mario 1 in Japan and then a totally different game series in uh, uh, America, I-, I feel like those games have music that's evolving like Kochi Kondo gives it his A game every time and comes out with more themes you know that are still Mario in keeping with that Mario upbeat peppy happiness thing but are different songs yeah I uh it's it's amazing how many different Mario themes stand out on their own like mm-hmm. like so often it's a it's they're just like rehashes or remakes in the newer games of classic mario songs but the fact that at like at the time and then even a few years after that every mario game has distinct sound by the same composer yeah it's amazing it is amazing. yeah it, and it, it, it immediately and directly fits the gameplay aesthetic with that game too whereas like original mario it's a little bit more reserved or or you're limited to what you can do whereas in like super mario world where you can fly now yeah like that that fun of flying is is completely there in the music yeah it, it absolutely is the the kochi kondo did an amazing job with this composition and uh i mean is an amazing composer in general of course uh, but uh, when it comes to voting, because uh, we want to know uh, what you guys think, what's your favorite of these stage themes, uh, you know, you can jump on our Facebook account, our Twitter page. Uh, if you jump on GameZillaMedia.com, you can go to our Discord and join there. We have a vote there every week. Uh, as well as our Patreon page. If you give as low as $1 per month, you're getting an extra vote. Uh, and we've had quite a few votes now that have been down to like one vote. So yeah. your vote absolutely matters. Yeah, it's uh, it's very stressful. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, uh, Chops, do you want to give a quick rundown on uh, Patreon? Yeah, so go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media to join our Patreon. You can subscribe at a dollar or five dollar level, each getting you different kinds of rewards for that. So at the dollar, you get um, the ability to vote, but also you get our State of the Zilla podcast, which is basically the hosts from all the GameZilla Media podcasts coming together in various combos just to talk about whatever they find interesting or fun. And then if at the five dollar level, you're able to get extra episodes from our podcast. It's called the Game Shark episodes. Uh, those are usually topic episodes where we'll take a, a look at a specific game or series or maybe some music. And then also we have additional shows from each of the other podcasts on the network as well. So there's a lot of content to be had at the $5 level. Yeah, it's crazy. And everything from the past is is up there. So you have access to all those previous Game Shark episodes. Uh, you know, we're, we've been doing it for about two years now. So, like, you know, we have, like, 20-something episodes to, to get through there. Uh, and, you know, that's not even counting all the other shows and all the bonus content for them. So, you know, ton of ton of stuff to have. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, Chops, I think it's about time that we uh, go ahead and log our robots off for the night. Uh, we'll see you all next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.